Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Believe in Florida Gators podcast. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. You can throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Demetrius Harvey. Find him at Demetrius82. We're joined by a special guest today. He's a friend of the pod. That is Brandon Carroll, who you can find at It's B. Carroll. We've been talking for the past 20 minutes about what this show is going to be about because there's a lot of recruiting updates. And for the life of me, because of it, I can't even remember. I don't know how to introduce this show. So just get ready for a wild ride. That is a lot of recruiting updates for Florida. Commitments, visits, camps, top schools, the whole nine. Right after this message from our sponsors over at betonline.com. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, and all, all the good stuff over there for the Stanley Cup Finals. Major League Baseball, fighting news, even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your bonus and get in on the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Demetrius and Brandon. Welcome in, guys. I'm glad to have you. I need people with me here to talk about all this recruiting stuff and keep me in check. Otherwise, I will forget something, pass it over, forget a detail. Demetrius, I'll start with you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, and I'm happy that you guys are still out there listening to us, even though every week I feel like we're talking about the same thing over and over again as if it's Groundhog Day. But, you know, that's the life of, you know, recruiting. You kind of go through uh, the same thing over and over again until things actually occur. Uh, luckily, this week we have something to talk about. I feel like, you know, at least for me, I think that this is actually something exciting. And you know, Zach will detail it in a few seconds. But you know, it's it's a lot more fun than just you know painstakingly going over the same thing. So it's it should be a, a lot of fun today. Yeah, Brandon, you ready to have some fun? Welcome Dude, back to I'm the show. To have, I'm ready to have a ton of fun. And Demetrius over here throwing out memes, making me laugh. Groundhog <laughs> Day sorry, again. <laughs> Yeah, we are <laughs> off to a great start, aren't we? We're, but I'm glad to be back on. It's always a fun time. Well, let's get right to it. Let's have a fun time today. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start with the commits. Florida had uh, two commits this past week. Um, following, yeah, it was following the official visits. It started with Tommy Kinsler, Ocala Trinity Catholic offensive lineman, walks right out to me, uh, Donovan Kaiser from On Three. Uh, Blake Alderman from 247 um, in Gentry Hawk. Sorry, Gentry, I'm forgetting your last name, but from Gator Country. Walks out right to us. Um, actually was like in his car getting ready to leave campus and pulled over to talk to us, which is like very cool. I appreciate him taking his time. And he tells us straight up, hey, guys, I just committed to Florida. Feel free to go announce that. I'm going to get an edit done later, but like it's good to go. Let the people know. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, but he was their first edition of two. A couple days later, they added an edge rusher from Lakewood down in uh, down in St. Petersburg, Isaiah Nixon. They flipped him from UCF. 
he is by consensus rankings the top recruit in Florida's recruiting class as of right now. And they may not sound like a great thing as a guy that was flipped from UCF, but he was also the headliner of their class far and away, you know, top 200 to 225 player, the edge rusher of the, of the future for Florida. Like obviously he won't be the top rated guy when it's all said and done, but he is a marquee addition to this class. Filled a need long-term of both of these really, I think were pretty great commitments again, as, We've said in the past couple weeks, they've been laying the foundation of this class. A lot of linemen, a lot of players of the future that you want to develop over time, but they are good, solid additions before you go and make a big splash at some point. So, Demetrius, um, why don't you start us off with your takeaways on the first commitment, that being Kinsler? Yeah. No, I think that, um, first of all, I think that this is exciting news. It's something to actually talk about. Um, over the time because you know for for a few weeks you know obviously we've seen a commitment here and there um, but we talked about it on the podcast last week and how this was probably their final very big weekend of you know a slew of official visits where I think they had around nine guys um, walking around campus this weekend you know getting tours all that good stuff and so we thought that maybe they would come out of this weekend with a couple commitments we've obviously talked about Nixon potentially flipping Um, that happened but for this guy, Tommy Kinsler, I mean, it's just another, in my opinion, and this is the way you have to build offensive lines. You have to kind of go after developmental pieces, guys who are versatile. You don't want to go after a guy who only could ever play uh, guard or only could ever play center or only could ever play tackle unless they're elite. Um, But when you get a guy like this, you know, he might only be, you know, quote unquote, a three star or whatever, you know, he's ranked at, but he has that mold, 6'6", 330. I mean, I think he said in his interview that he could play or they they feel as though he can play, you know, all five positions, but he likes to play either outside or inside and, and at guard or outside at tackle. Um, so he's a guy that's a big, big, big dude who has versatility to go play almost any position on the line. I don't think he wants to be a center, but, I mean, if they put him out there, you know, maybe he, he can do that. And I think that this is just another um, – uh, addition that 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 makes sense you know they went after a guy like Nigel Harris they went after a guy like Bryce Lovett um, they, they they already got a couple of their pieces on the offensive line and they're still not done and I think that this is just you know the first start um, you know to a very good you know so far you know rebuild of this offensive line under Billy Napier Rob Sale and um, Darnell Stapleton so I think that um, going out this was a, a good get I think you can get all of the developmental pieces on the offensive line you can. Um, and I don't think that they're done. Yeah. I, I look at it. Cause I agree with you when you say that you want to get the developmental guys, right? Florida yeah. fans will hear that. And they, they think of John Hevesy too, because that's what all of his commits were described as <laughs> granted. Those were like, sure. you know, some of those guys had no stars or ended up a low mm-hmm. three stars. So like these guys do, I think have higher floors. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that is necessary, especially with the need on the offensive line. You know, they needed bodies. No matter what, they need to rebuild the depth. They want to have three teams. They barely have two. So mm-hmm. you've got to get bodies for the future, and you want to pair that. You you know, the guys that are in your backyard, like a Trinity Catholic player, where Florida has a lot of history of recruiting great talent out of that school, they also produce a lot of great offensive linemen. Caleb Johnson, I think he was committed to Notre Dame and flipped to Auburn, something like that, a class or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Slaughter the, is a center at Florida from Trinity Catholic. So, you know, they've, they produce offensive linemen, they produce players that go to Florida. That's just the type of take you want to have. 
but you want to pair it with, you know, top guys uh, at their positions as well, a Peyton Kirkland, a Roderick Kearney, uh, a Monroe Freeling and some other guys. Um, but again, you made the point too, that they're planning on adding four or five offensive linemen when this class is all said and done to get up to three teams, to have depth, long-term, short-term. So you, you can mix it and to have three guys that are, I mean, Nigel Harris is decently rated, but they're all three generally developmental guys. That That's a good way to get this thing going to at least, you know, give it a strong foundation and you go from there and try and get your blue chips. Uh, Brandon, I'll, I'll pivot to you and onto the other side of the ball with Isaiah Nixon. He is closer to a blue chip, uh, you know, again, a mid to higher rated four star around the 200 ranking on consensus rankings. Um, a bit thinner, but a long, very athletic edge rusher uh, with obviously some lineage to the school because the last player Florida took out of his school was none other than edge rusher Dante Fowler. Went on to be a first-round pick by our Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, <laughs> what do you think about this take? Give me your assessment on the whole flip from UCF ordeal, and what do you think he brings to the program? I think he's one of the best defensive and you know jack prospects that florida has to offer like this florida state has to offer in this cycle i think he's built for the position and he while he might have the kind of speed rusher uh label on him because right now the way he wins is with an explosive first step and his he just beats tackles to the spot he he's incredible in getting off the ball and he's able to use that to his advantage consistently but i think he the flip from ucf because you know, when he committed to UCF, everyone was kind of like, wow, that's a huge get for the Knights because of his standing as one of the better edge rushing prospects in this entire class, especially as a pass rusher. But you then kind of, you know, we're wondering, is, is this going to stick? And for a while, it seemed as though he really liked UCF. He was really in tune with, you know, G- Gus Malzahn and the program he was building there as they attempt to transition from, you know, the AAC to um, the Big 12 and, and you know, either – this year or the next, I can't remember exactly, but I know for 23. Yeah. Okay. So they're kind of taking this step forward. UCF is to being a power five school. Um, So, you know, it wasn't necessarily as big of a head scratcher as many thought it might be. Um, But when you compare it to Florida, it's as though, you know, people are going to kind of be like, Oh, he was at UCF and people kind of view UCF as the little brother in, in the big schools of Florida football, uh, the state that is. So Florida being able to go and get their top guy, the, you know, the UCF's top-rated recruit, uh, just off his official visit to Florida, kind of show him that, you know, we can develop you here, we can use you. And not only that, but Florida having the potential to use him off the edge because we know when Florida's good, when Florida is playing top-tier defense, it starts – I feel like they've always had a dominant edge rusher, someone that can get after the passer consistently – um, the last time their defense was really like that was 2019 with Jonathan Grenard. He was the one that was mm-hmm. doing it for them. So now they have another guy that's able to do it. Obviously, you might get Brenton Cox in 2022 um, to be able to do it. But we know for a fact that the edge rusher is a huge spot for Florida. And Nixon provides that uh, you know, for the future of the program uh, as part of the right now, the foundation, the spearhead of this 2023 class. Yeah, to your point on UCF being the little brother in Florida fans' eyes and kind of how it's perceived, I guess, you know, if Florida's trying to make its mark on recruiting in the state, you know, I, they probably don't have a ton to prove to UCF as is, but they're going to try and do it to every school. Obviously, Jaden Rashada, oh boy, we've talked about him quite a bit on this podcast. Have we? Um, that's, that's a battle 
with Florida and Miami really at this point, and I'm a bit too, but you know, if Florida wins that, that's their message to Miami. What they, you know, Jordan Hall, a guy we're about to talk uh, about is a Florida, Florida state guy. If Florida wins that, that's their message. This is kind of Florida's message to UCF that, you know, Hey, to us, at least you are the little brother. Remember if you've got elite talent that can play at Florida, we're going to come in do our best to take him and probably take him when it's all said and done. Cause that's exactly what they just did with this guy. And I, I agree with you. I think that he's definitely an electric player that they'll want to mold a bit. They've got time with Cox and some other guys in the room, uh, add some weight to his frame and develop his arsenal, but he's got the tools that you look for to be that game wrecking edge rusher that Florida definitely depends on when, when it's playing good defense. Uh, so a couple more defenders were at Florida's um, seven on seven Wednesday swamp shootout. Among a lot of prospects, there were um, several commits there. Kinsler was there uh, in attendance. He had worked out earlier in the week with the staff and just came by to you know hang out. Um, the guys that we got to talk to were defensive lineman Jordan Hall, as I just mentioned, and um, and cornerback defensive back Sharif Denson from Bartram Trail up in Jacksonville, where we're all from. Duval baby, St. John's, really, where I'm from and where Brandon's from. Uh, we got to catch up with them. Uh, there were commits out there like Creed Whittemore and Tyree Patterson, a wide receiver, making some big plays. Uh, Creed was playing quarterback, uh, played pretty well there as well with Buholz, the local school, and um, stopping by. Some other recruits, uh, Cedric Baxter was out there. Um, I'm just kind of naming them as much as I can think of them. Derek LeBlanc was back for a uh, 10th or more than 10th time this year. We'll talk about him more later. At least double digits. Yeah, it was a it was a stacked looked- camp, I guess, basically, is what I should say. Um, glad that Florida let us in for this one because we haven't been able to go to the camps yet, but there were tons of guys to talk to. Um, we'll start off with Hall uh, um, of the guys that we actually got to interview. And, Demetrius, you wrote this up over at All Gators for us today, yeah. so I can kind of let you – handle it here but he Mm -hmm. it seems like he's not going to have a decision for a while that being said there are a couple schools that stand out including florida when you follow the visits yeah no he he basically alluded to from from what i listened to on on the interview which was done very well by by you guys you know as as always you know he sort of said uh, he's not trying to commit anytime soon i mean it kind of makes sense a lot of these kids um have their you know big moments in the summer you know some of them have them late before you know some want to make that decision before they go into their final season in high school and some others want to make that decision afterward they want to just focus only on high school they want to have fun right now jordan hall is sort of in that sort of mold where he's going to take these visits he's going to take these unofficial visits um, but he's not going to end up taking those um, official visits until maybe even late in the season, you know, mid-season. Uh, he probably won't even take one to Florida because he's already been there about five times, you know, and then also uh, several other times, you know, during the previous staff, you know, at, at when, when Dan Mullen was a head coach. So for, for now, you know, he's very much fluid in, in what he wants to do. Um, Florida is obviously a team that's, that's pushing there. I, I think that he wants – uh, to see more maybe you know how they play and, and things of that nature he he was talking about it actually how he saw a, a major difference in this year's staff compared to last year's staff at least in terms of how they um, operate you know it's a lot more um, it, it, it it's a lot more serious I guess you can say it, it it was a lot of 
no hands on hips, you know, those kind of things where, you know, you're, you're like, Oh wow, this is, they're, they're taking it very seriously. And they're actually, you know, trying to uh, make these guys get better rather than sort of lackadaisically uh, walking around, you know, doing whatever, you know, the, the, the previous staff might've shown on practices and maybe on some of these seven on seven camps, a lot more strict, a lot more, um, you know, straightforward, but also a, a lot more teaching. You know, he, he talked about going to, uh, Sean Spencer, who he's actually been able to get, you know, more one-on-one time now um, at that visit, which isn't an official visit, but it's more of like a camp sort of, you know, vibe, but you're still able to get a lot of one-on-one time with the coach. Um, and he was able to talk to him and sort of get, you know, the, the, the finer details on, on how he is as a coach. And, and you know, he's more of a, a technician. He's talking about uh, pad level and things of that nature. So, um, Ford is definitely one of the teams that are high on the radar. I think that he um, hasn't really boiled it down to um, any one team in particular. Uh, he let out a top 12. Um, I think in March, you know, that included teams like Michigan, Clemson, South Carolina, Miami, Oregon. I mean, all, all the teams, Alabama, Michigan State, Ohio State. He wants to go out and get out there to the um, – Michigan Ohio State game. He wants to go out to the Auburn Alabama game, sort of have fun. So yeah, um, for right now, he he did say that Florida was you know it, it made them a little bit higher on his radar because of how Sean Spencer was. But um, there's not very much in terms of a firm. Uh, he's going to commit there or he's going to commit here as of right now. Hey man, you know enjoy the process when you're. Now this is a Duval King. This is nine oh four, and he is good. He is a real good defensive lineman over there for West Side. And when you're a player like him, enjoy the process, man. Yeah, man. Go see the go see the Michigan Ohio State game. Go see the Iron mm-hmm. Bowl. Come to Florida, Florida State, because we know you're considering that game very much. Yep. Although you might want to get him to a better game than that, if we're being real. <laughs> Florida, Georgia. I don't mean go. to throw too much. Yeah, Florida, well, Georgia. Florida mm-hmm. can Florida can get him uh to any game because FSU is at FSU this year. So they're chilling. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's multiple true. looks at Florida. Just true. like if he's – I don't know if he just like very specifically only wants to see games or get – I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard to like, read because he's chilling be so much right now. Right. I'm like, enjoy yeah. it, man. Yeah, just have oh, fun. Yeah. Then there's Shreve Denson. Oh, yeah, dude, I do too. It's, you know, we get too caught up in this stuff sometimes, and these kids just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, we'll, we'll move to Shreve Denson because uh, I know that – you know, you've gotten to catch up with him a lot through the recruiting process. He comes from basically right down the street from where you played. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a defensive back that I know is high on Florida's board, and and this is a I keep saying this. Another thing we'll hit on later in the show um, is that I think they've really pivoted to the in-state defensive backs in this cycle, and Denson is certainly one of them. He's a versatile guy uh, that I think they really like as a potential future star who maybe could eventually you know, bump out outside to outside corner because he has experience there. Maybe move back to safety in a pinch if need be. He's a versatile player, good cover player. He's physical. Uh, He comes from the same school as Trevez Johnson, the cornerback on Florida's roster right now. And he was there taking part in the seven-on-seven. Bartram Trail got pretty far. I think they got to the quarter or semifinals when it was all said and done in that seven-on-seven tournament. He he had a lot of good things to say about Patrick Tony. He's saying that this guy, uh, you know, Florida's defensive coordinator and safety's coach, there aren't defensive coordinators making moves in his recruitment quite like PT. Uh, I've sat him down to evaluate right after the seven on seven yesterday. They were filming it. They had like the entire 
250 million staffers out there recording this and cutting up film immediately after. And, and Tony and Napier pulled Denson into the New Heavener Center uh, football training center afterwards because Denson's not seen it before. It's obviously not complete, but they can start giving tours out to these guys. And they pulled him in. Tony gave him a sit down uh, with his film from the seven on seven tournament, going over the strengths, going over what he wants to improve at, where he can use him at star based off of these skills. And, and Denson was, dude, he loved it. He was telling <laughs> us right after he was, he had a great time in PT's my guy. He is, um, again, he's doing things that no other DC is doing in my recruitment right now. That's a paraphrased quote, but it, you get the point. Um, you gotta like where Florida's sitting here, right? Absolutely. He's he's always had a soft spot for Florida, which is weird because you mentioned how you know I've gotten to catch up with them. He plays just down the street, you know, from where I went to high school. I actually went to high school with his brother Nasir, and Nasir uh, was probably one of the biggest Florida State fans that I knew. Um, hmm. And so it's just funny seeing how he has been so uh, he's taken this liking to Florida, and and the time that he's had his recruitment process, but even dating back to the last staff, he's had some, you know, contact with Florida for, you know, dating back to early in his sophomore season. He has always kind of taken Florida as one of the teams that he would love to play for. Uh, Initially he was kind of adamant about staying in the state of Florida because it's his home. It's somewhere he loves to be. And so I think, you know, even though he's kind of stepped out and said like, I'm willing to go anywhere now, just doing what's best for me. He still has that in the back of his mind that, you know, being able to play in Florida is something that he would really enjoy. So as a result, I think Florida is in a great spot for Denson. If he, you know, whenever that time comes, he did say that like once he knows, you know, which school he's going to choose, it's basically going to lock, he's going to lock it up. He's not going to, you know, continue contemplating if he has a the, the school that he's decided on. So whenever he makes that decision in his mind, it'll become public pretty quickly. And as of right now, I am very high on where Florida stands for the Bartram trail prospect. And like you said, he has a potential to play at star. He can even drop back to safety uh, showcases length is, is physical down, you know, near the line of scrimmage, willing to get mixed up in there and, and really kind of do the duties that a star, a nickel corner is required to do at the next level. So I really like, you know, everything, uh, you know, where his, where he fits in this defense, uh, where he stands with the coaching staff seems like he has a solid relationship with everyone that he's talked to and is really contemplating Florida, Miami and Texas A&M as the three moving forward in his recruitment. Yeah. He's going to Miami this weekend for a camp to do workouts for them. He recently camped out in uh, at A&M and he said it was quite the workout, especially in that Texas heat, but he did enjoy the visit. I'm very curious to see where this recruitment goes as well. I do know that Florida likes him quite a bit as well as Hall and as well as a lot of these recruits that were at this camp. Uh, some 2024 kids from mainland got offered uh, receiver and safety. It was a, it was definitely a fun experience. I'm glad, like I said earlier, Florida let us out there and I'm really hopeful they let us stop by another camp here in the near future. Um, yeah. One thing I will, I, I forgot to add about Denton. I'll make it super quick, but sure. Obviously, um, not too long ago, he told me that he was going to come to Florida to uh, spend an extended stay with his former teammate, Trevez Johnson, even though those plans fell through and he's now visiting Miami in that time period, I believe, um, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. he Yeah, that's that's this camp this weekend. Yeah, I still think that there is that connection with Trevez, uh, having someone that he can 
kind of rely on. And, you know, he looks at as someone that can be like a big brother to him at the next level, having that to be able to, Hey, can I come down for a day or two? Uh, You know, I don't even really want to, you know, if he just wants to go hang out with Trevez, Trevez can show him around the campus. He doesn't have to come down for an unofficial visit or whatever. He can come down and stay with a friend. So it gives Florida a better opportunity to be able to land someone like that because of the connections that they have, not just on the staff, but on the team, you know, the roster as well. Uh, And a guy like Johnson who, has seen quite a bit of time as well. So he, you know, he has the experience in the SEC for, you know, to show Sharif the things that he wants to see as he kind of makes his journey into the collegiate game here in the, you know, coming months. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that was what the plans were, right? He was going to do like a five day visit. Yep. So he was going to come down for the weekend. He was going to come down for the weekend, stay for an unofficial visit. And then he was going to stay into the week with Trevez, just hang out and kind of, chop it up with you know an old buddy of his but obviously those yeah. things that kind of fell through with Miami trying to get him back on campus after having him not too long ago but I'm I'd be surprised if that's not something that happens at some point or another where he takes a, you know a, you know he, he comes down for more than a day or two and stays with Trevez just because of it just because he can and to get yeah, a I, better I, look at Florida and the living situation and everything that it entails beyond what the coaches show him inside the locker room and etc yeah, I believe he said yesterday that he it looks like it could be around the end of July when they're, the dead period's lifted. They have that cookout, stuff like that. But I think it's still all to be determined. Again, he, he just said when he knows, he knows. So I don't know yep. if he's too worried about dates and anything like that. Yes, sir. Um, we are worried about dates as we get on to our next subject because the dates for this recruitment have been kind of all over the place. But uh, it looks like it could be accelerating. Uh, the Osceola Trio... Derek LeBlanc, John Walker, and Jakeem Jackson. It started with LeBlanc being set to commit with Malik Ryan and Peyton Kirkland, uh, all three mm-hmm. Orlando area big-time prospects on July 23rd. LeBlanc then ended up pushing his out to October 22nd, saying he needs more time, and scheduling it with his two teammates from Osceola, uh, elite defensive tackle John Walker. You know They create a pretty scary duo there on the defensive line. And then Jakeem Jackson, cornerback, he's – you know. Uh, Kind of a late bloomer as a recruit, but he is blooming because since fast rising for sure. I think in the first two weeks of May, before we saw him and the whole gang down at Osceola for a practice, they had he must have had like ten or so, ten or fifteen new offers, and half of them were SEC. So like he was just taking off. Florida opt in uh, not long after we went down and saw that. I, I coach from Iowa was there that night, and he offered him on the spot. Uh, some clips got out onto the timeline and next thing we knew florida was uh was there too and suddenly i think florida has turned into a serious contender uh, he's been up here a couple times since getting the florida offer uh, alongside his teammates and also on his own and now i know that was a bit of an extended rant on jackson just to get <laughs> to know him obviously not as well known as the other two guys but now anyway to get to the point um leblanc tweeted on wednesday night that he had some big news going on with his recruitment um, concerning his commitment date and to have media hit him up. And, and that means naturally all three of us texted him at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, you know how it goes. We don't, we don't and, com- converse beforehand. We just all go for it. <laughs> and while he's not tweeted it directly now, it's pretty common knowledge because he's told basically every media member that's talked to him <laughs> that the commitment is now moving back to July. And mm-hmm. 
I we obviously Walker and Jackson have not put out announcements about this themselves, but LeBlanc is kind of viewed as the you know the ringleader of the three because he's the most active on social media. I think he's been the longest known recruit of the trio and kind of put them on the map. Um, but we know because we've been able to get it confirmed that LeBlanc is moving his up to July, and so is Jackson. I would imagine that could also include Walker, although Walker has official visits. With one yeah. actually one official visit set with Florida set for the season for this summer. So it's curious. I, I'm wondering how the timeline will work out for everyone as visits are involved in, in all that good stuff. But I'm, I mean, theorizing here, two of them are moving it up to July uh, undetermined date right now, probably all free when it's all said and done. You would imagine. It, I mean, you, you wouldn't. Okay. You'll, just like you said, Derek has been sort of the ringleader, you know, quote unquote, um, of the entire group for now. You know, he was a guy, you know, he pushed it back and then got, you know, a couple guys like, hey, we're all doing this around the same time. I mean, that has been the case for a while now. And then you have, you know, Jackson also moving his up. Um, you know, that's been confirmed now. And and so you would you would imagine that um, Walker would also move his up. But But you're right. He has a visit scheduled for October 14th. Um, with Florida so you know how does that sort of factor in do you do you commit and then still just go on and take your officials because people do that I mean uh, players do that all all the time that's not sort of unheard of so he could commit and just take his official visits whenever Um, but it does make you think like maybe Walker will still hold firm to what he decided maybe he and his family have talked about it maybe you know this or that we don't really know because we haven't had a chance to talk to him but I would imagine at least within the coming weeks we'll we'll be able to know um, quickly. Um, I'm sure they're not going to try to do it, you know, that same weekend as the other trio. I think it was that July 23rd group. Yeah. Um, I don't. I doubt. I doubt he'll try to do it the the, the that same weekend. But you know, around yeah, they're friends. Week, he probably doesn't. He probably doesn't want right. to steal their thunder. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you know, maybe the week after or the week before. But yeah, we're gonna find out very soon, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, we've we've gotten to talk to Walker, and we know Florida's in a good spot. Not, just not recently about the commitment. So it's not official mm-hmm. that he's moving it up, but again, it's kind of safe to assume. We know Florida's in a good spot. It's up by how many times he's visited with and without Derek. I think he's up to like five as well this year. Something like not, that. He, he, yeah. he may not have a dorm on campus yet like Derek, but he's been you know staying on the couch <laughs> at Derek's, for uh, to, to yeah. put it like that. Um yeah. One but thing- with this moving up, even though they're visiting other places, although they're also coming here a lot, and Derek just did his OV, you do still really have to feel good about where Florida is, right? Brandon, I, I know you've got a yeah. point here, so you can answer that yeah. and add to it. No, it's a, yeah, absolutely. So, yes, I think Florida's in a great spot for all three of them. I know even when you know we went to go see Jakeem on our little Orlando high school tour we did not too long ago. Um, That's right. Plug it. And so we will go check it out. SI.com, all Gators. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will say the thing that kind of caught my eye was, you know, he was out there and and I'm, you know, I don't want to be the one to be like, oh, he was, you know, you know, uh, he was wearing Gator gear, but he hadn't even had an offer. He had Gator gloves on. He had a Gator towel. He looked like he was very interested in the Florida Gators, even before he had many much contact, even before he had an offer. And I went over and talked to him and I was like, so as, as Florida offered you and he's like, nah, they're still playing. And I was like, I mean, so when's that, you know, you think that's going to come soon? He was like, I hope so. Cause I'd love to get an offer to Florida. They're not too far away. 
They're, you know, a school I've always kind of grown up and seen around here. And it seemed like he was genuinely interested in Florida. So that offer that comes in gives them that extra boost. And, you know, they're competing with the likes of Tennessee, which he's visiting here in the upcoming days, if not right now. And he just, you know, also schools like uh, Penn State has had him on campus recently and others as well. But he is in a terrific – Florida is in a terrific spot to get both Jackson, LeBlanc, and then also Walker. I think if one of them decides to stay put where they are, I know we said that LeBlanc and Jackson have said that they're moving it up. I, You know, we confirmed with Jackson. But Walker seems to be the one to me that would kind of walk to the beat of his own drum. If he's not ready, he's not going to rush anything. And so as a result, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Jackson and LeBlanc committing on that, you know, that late July um, time frame that LeBlanc gave us yesterday. But even then, Walker getting, you know, Florida getting what should be one of the last visits for Walker is a promising site for potentially one of the most dominant defensive tackles I've seen in person in quite some time at the high school level. And that's the other day. Yeah. He should be a consensus five star. He, he is very good. He's good. He's good. He doesn't miss. That's for sure. He's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see what comes of this and like, you know what, maybe this is a skeptic in me, but considering the commitment date has already moved a couple times, like maybe we shouldn't be saying this in stone is definitely happening now in July. Cause like, I want to see them skip. I want to see them set the date. I want this all to be like taken care of. We're doing this. It's happening. Got gif. Ron Paul sitting there dancing on the gif and everyone knows it's real. Um, but I mean, this is, this is what we've been able to gather and we figured we'd let you guys know. I mean, Derek's told me straight up, blow it up, let people know this is what's going on. Um, so I'm excited to see that that could certainly lead to some, some momentum for Florida if they're able to get even just one of those guys, but on, they're in a good spot for all three and they're all roughly to top 200 to top 250 kids in the uh in the cycle two of them being top 100 for sure um what happens if they leblanc doesn't commit do they take his like bed frame and only give him a mattress here or what so <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> they, they, i, I <laughs> don't know man like take him out of the door have him sleep on the <laughs> on the concrete to, i wonder if to extend on to extend on the joke, man, like I don't mean to kind of be a Debbie Downer, but dude, if they were to not get him to commit when he's saying he's doing this now, and if they were to miss on him, like that is – I've never seen a kid go to a school 10 times in one year. Yeah. And I, it, it, I, I've ten, stopped ten keeping track. Time. I've stopped keeping track because I know yesterday was at minimum the 10th time. Now it's yeah. double digits. I don't care anymore, man. Not looking. <laughs> anyway, um, to keep it on a whole numbers thing, we've got some top schools lists that have come out here today, the day we're recording this. Um, let's start with Tony Mitchell. Top four, Florida was not in it. <gasps> Earlier this year in the spring, people were thinking Florida might be in that top two, three leader range. Demetrius, I know that this is like your passion, man, but I'm going to need you to chill. I need you to relax. Oh I need gosh. you to take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath, Demetrius. I, Learn from shocked. last week's podcast, okay? I'm shocked. Yeah, for real. For real. Did not include the in his top four. Like that's oh man. I'm just I'm we got that list here. We got that we got the list of schools here. Brandon, can you pull that up for me real quick? Um yes, we know Tony Texas Mitchell? A&M. Yeah, Texas AM and Texas Auburn. A&M, Georgia and Alabama. Gotcha. It is um 
it is to me not the biggest deal in the world. Uh, and I know, again, he was feeling Florida. People thought Florida might have a real good chance coming out of spring. Five-star consensus player. We were all fools for thinking anything was settled in spring. I am because of the guys we've talked about on this episode already and Sharif Denson and Jakeem Jackson obviously goes without saying the number one player in this class, in my very correct opinion, Cormani <laughs> McLean, um, being priority number one, maybe even above Jaden Rashada, but if not, you know, equal, he's the quarterback of the defense for this cycle in terms of Florida recruiting um, at corner. You know, if they're able to get, McLean, Denson, and Jakeem, everyone's going to forget that they were really in on Tony Mitchell and A.J. Harris, much like you and I talked about last week, Demetrius, when we talked about A.J. Harris committing to Georgia. I I get it. Talented player, out-of-state guy, even though he's got ties to the state, uh, being from the Lakeland area, but he plays in Alabama now. But you've got serious talent in the state of Florida that you are sitting in great positions with all three of them. And they're really talented players to me at the very least. I'm not concerned. I know Twitter fans, as we've talked about many a time, um, sometimes it'll exaggerate. Sometimes they'll troll. Sometimes they'll be very serious when they're saying that I'm giving up on Billy Napier because they're not in the top four for Tony Mitchell. (laughs) I really wasn't completely shocked that he wasn't in this top four, man. I, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I don't think it should come as the biggest surprise in the world if you pay attention to this stuff. No, and 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 I was joking earlier, obviously, when I was you know surprised that Tony Mitchell did not have the Gators in his top four. Um, not to say I wasn't necessarily um, a little bit surprised. You know, I thought that they were definitely a team that um, was in on him at least early on, and then you know whatever happened happened. Um, but it, it's not a huge deal. I think everybody um, takes it as gospel before, you know, oh man, they're going to get McLean. They're going to get Harris. They're going to get Mitchell. Oh, this is, you know, a locked in deal. And if they don't get these guys, then, you know, oh, there's no one else to ever get. And and I think that we've already said this, you know, weeks ago, you know, Zach was on here talking about Denson weeks ago. Zach was on here talking about uh, Jackson, just guys that are in state already. And I think that that plays a major role um, just within this, this Florida Gators staff and, and, and for the future of the program in general, um, to go out and get guys in Florida. There, there are good players in Florida. It's not it's not as if you have to go outside, you have to go to Alabama, you have to go to Georgia. Um, now obviously there's there's certain aspects of you know certain high schools that maybe are are lacking, but this is a rich state full of talented players. It might not be the best coaches in the world at all, you know, areas, um, but it, it has incredibly talented players. And I think that Guys like Denson and Jackson are, you know, just, you know, a couple of the examples of just that. So if you can go out and you can get three surefire players, in my opinion, at least, um, out of the state of Florida as your defensive backs and Denson, Jackson, and McLean, I think personally, it, it not, might not necessarily be, be better than getting a Harris and a Mitchell in terms of overall talent, if depending on how you viewed them. But in my opinion, that might be better in the recruiting sense of look at these guys all from the state of Florida. Look at what you can do in the future with, you know, relationships, things of that nature going throughout the state of Florida, not just, you know, in one area either. Um, so I think that it, it, it's it's not a huge deal. Mitchell not having them in their top four doesn't mean that you have to fire Billy Napier today. It doesn't mean that the Gators recruiting efforts are all of a sudden, you know, trash. They're not going to ever be good. Um, just take a deep breath. Like we said last week, it's the same exact thing. 
um, and just, you know, hope they can land a couple other guys, which I think they can. I certainly think they do. And again, I'll, I'll repeat this point till I'm blue in the face. Three five-star corners, you're in for all of them. And the best guy of the bunch, rather indisputably, is the one guy from the state of Florida. He is from a hotbed of Florida talent, Lakeland area, now Lakeland High School, specifically where Florida has a historical pipeline of bringing in talent for national championships. Chances are you're not going to pull two five-star corners, much less three. So go and focus on the easiest one to get. Also the best one to get. It is like the absolute you know, best of the bunch, best case scenario for Florida. If you're trying to pick one, that's the easiest one to choose. And Florida's in a great spot for it. And if you get the number one player in the nation who is the number one player at his position, then suddenly the pieces that come in at his position afterwards really are not that important. You're looking for a cherry on top at that point. And again, we said this earlier, Denson's a top 200 kid. Jackson's a top 250 kid and only continuing to rise because like no one knew who he was in April. And suddenly he's already highly rated. So you package those three together at your cornerback room. And, and again, no one's going to remember who Tony Mitchell is from a Florida fan perspective, except for if while he's still at one of these schools, Florida plays him and sees him make a play and like, oh yeah, I remember when they were recruiting Tony Mitchell. But it, it's, I'm with you. Don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, we move on to another top four. Um, this time Florida's in it. Brandon, I will let you handle this news. It's someone that just officially visited here this past weekend, Keldrick Falk. He's announced a commitment date of July 5th. He'll be choosing between Florida, Florida State, Auburn, and Clemson. What do you think about this news, um, where Florida stands with him, as well as where he kind of fits into their general defensive line recruiting? Because, again, he's another out-of-state guy where Florida's got a ton of talent in-state on the defensive line. But nonetheless, they really like this guy, and he seems to really like them. Absolutely. And Keldrick Folk, um, back in March when he, you know, took a visit to Florida, um, my guy Demetrius right here actually um, wrote an article talking about Folk and everything that, you know, what what his visit meant to him. And he billed Florida as a top school. And today they he proved that he was that, you know, that they were that. I mean, um, he included them in their top four alongside um, Auburn, which is close to his Highland home, um, Alabama spot. Uh, and you know where he lives, and also you know put in the other teams of uh, FSU, which is obviously a Florida rival in Clemson. So he has kind of a spread out top schools list, but all the schools involved are um, definitely legitimate in terms of being able to land him. Uh, I think Florida's in a decent spot, as he said in back in March. Um, he's been on campus recently, even though. Um, we weren't able to talk talk to him, so it seems like that connection, that relationship has continued to build. Uh, Sean Spencer, the defensive line coach there at Florida, um, has continued to create that bond with him. And so as a result, I would say that Florida's in arguably one of, if not the best position, or at least tied for the best position to land his services. And I think this is kind of a change of pace from where we were speaking of a minute ago in terms of Florida be, kind of building a wall around the state. Um, and then working from the inside and out, obviously him being from Alabama and still being highly regarded means Florida believes that he is one of the top players at this position and at a position of need, nonetheless, uh, going into this cycle. And they've kind of stayed on the trail as of such. And as a result, he'll move forward with Florida 
as one of the teams in contention with an opportunity to suck him and, you know, kind of get him in to um, being a Florida Gator for his collegiate career. How many defensive linemen do you think they end up taking real quick? Um, four or five, not including edge rushers, so three positions. I, it, it might be close to four or five, if, if not more. Um, they, cause the, if we look at, especially on the interior, we look at defensive linemen right now, Florida's in desperate need of guys that can step in and have an immediate impact because the depth there is very thin. Obviously they had Chris McClellan last off season, which was a huge victory. If you look at it now, because of, you know, everything that's gone on in the past few days and the, um, the departure of Chris Thomas from the program, mm-hmm. who was expected to be a fill, you know, a depth piece there. But even then the, the, the talent and depth kind of mesh was not what it normally is at the university of Florida up front and either side of the trenches. So you're going to see a huge emphasis and you already have in this early cycle of defensive line and offensive line talent and folk just kind of fits into that piece, you know, that puzzle that they're building um, to kind of elevate themselves into a contender. If that's where they're, you know, if that's a possibility in the near future, keeping it in the trenches, um, our final like update again, we came into this show and I was forgetting what the schedule is because we had so much stuff to cover. And what do you know, halfway through recording, another update arises. Uh, offensive lineman Roderick Kearney, uh, we've mentioned him a couple of times out of Jacksonville, 904 baby, uh, has announced that he will be taking an official visit to Florida on the 25th. I believe he's been here twice unofficially this month, came during the spring as well. And he had told, um, he told me and Blake Alderman from 247 down in Miami in February uh, at an Under Armour camp that Florida really was not in the picture for him. New coaching staff hadn't really reached out too much. And I think we've heard that from a lot of prospects. I mean, we heard that from Denson. We see where they're at now because at that point, they were putting the finishing touches on their 22 class and then going to really dive into 23. Clearly, it's worked with Kearney too now because this is going to be like visit number three or four, saying all the right things about the coaching staff. He really likes the two offensive line coach approach. Um, And they certainly seem like, again, Florida's putting themselves in a great position to land this guy. Uh, Demetrius, you sent me this update, so feel free to have at it. Let me know uh, your takes on it. Yeah, no, I mean, this is going to be his third visit, obviously his um, official visit now with the program, which entails a lot, a a little bit more because you're um, able to get a little bit more hands on with the uh, coaches and the players. You have a host, you have all this other stuff, you get a bunch of free stuff, which is great for the players. Um, So, you know, this this will be his real good in-depth visit with the Gators. And I think, again, this sort of goes back to what I was talking about earlier when we were talking about um, Tommy Kinsler, that, you know, they they need to get, you know, all the offensive linemen that they can. Obviously, Kearney is a little bit, you know, a much more regarded player, you know, as the, I think he's listed as the sixth interior offensive lineman in the, you know, in the state of Florida, the, maybe like the, the 20-something player in the state of Florida. So he's obviously a very, very good player, and it's somebody who you're going to end up getting as a um, – as a perfect, uh, you know, set piece in, in terms of getting that guy into your class. So uh, I, I think that it, overall, this is something where um, you want to be able to get the right number of players at the offensive line. And, you know, he definitely fits. I certainly agree. Um, I don't mean to rush us out of here, but my computer is about to die because we have overloaded it with those recruiting updates. So Brandon, thank you for joining us. Everyone can follow him on Twitter at it's B Carol. 
Find Demetrius at Demetrius82, myself at Zach underscore Goodall. We will keep these recruiting updates going. We'll have one more here for you soon when Jaden Rashada announces his commitment on Sunday. We're excited to bring it to you, but for now, thank you for tuning in. We are the Believe in Florida Gators podcast brought to you by Bet Online, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.